This episode of the Halloween Podcast is brought to you by Acorns, the app that invests your change automatically. If you're like me, you have zero inside of your savings for future you. What Acorns does is rounds up all of your debit card purchases and invests that change for you automatically. I got started months ago and my account is slowly growing for future me. I didn't even notice it coming out of my bank account. It's that subtle. Support the Halloween podcast by signing up using our link. You get a $5 sign-on bonus, and so do we. Just go to thehalloweenpodcast.com slash acorns, click on the banner, and get signed up. That's thehalloweenpodcast.com slash acorns. Now let's get the show started. Welcome to another episode of the Halloween Podcast. I am your host, Lyle Perez, and here we are, day two of our 31 show countdown. We got a good show for you guys today. I have the co-host of the Welcome to Dead cast uh, podcast. I should have thought that through. (laughs) Daniel Montgomery, how you doing? (laughs) Hey, I'm great. How are you, Lyle? I am doing well. Uh, Trying to... Trying Good. to crank these shows out because they're it, it's it's always a hassle or I shouldn't say hassle it's always a chore <laughs> to get thirty one shows done in a short amount of time. <laughs> it's a feat. It is. You're a podcaster, so you should know how hard it is to do this every week, let alone every day. I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your show. What uh, what is Welcome to Deadcast? Oh, g- great! What an appropriate and wonderful question. Um, Welcome to Deadcast is the Goosebumps podcast. Each book and episode of the TV series. And we are five years in. We have over 80 episodes. And we are still going because Goosebumps is still going. So if you like Goosebumps books, which I'm... Who doesn't? Goosebumps TV episodes. um, Check us out. Uh, We are currently doing... Oh, gosh. At this point, we're at Tales to Give You Goosebumps which is the short stories all the way through the first 62 and we're doing the short stories right now and we just love it so much i love goosebumps thank you so much for having me on here to talk about goosebumps <laughs> well you know i love goosebumps too it has been a very big thing uh, of my childhood uh one because i couldn't when i was when these books were coming out, I had a hard time reading as as a kid, so I couldn't read them. So I was so excited when they decided to make a show of this. And yeah. I, I was beyond thrilled when the first one came out. It was um, uh, the mask one, I believe, wasn't it? Yes. The Haunted Mask. Yes. Yeah. That was the first one. It was a, it was a spe- primetime special. It was. I was so thrilled when that came out. Like I think at the time we had an antenna we didn't even have cable my parents for for some (laughs) reason my parents like i I don't understand this they both worked full-time my dad made decent money 
my mom, I mean, she made money. Why were we always broke? <laughs> I don't know. I work for, <laughs> I, I work myself and my wife doesn't have to work. I, I provide, but we have like cable. We have Netflix. We have Hulu. That stuff's not cheap. How could I could have done it? <laughs> well, my parents couldn't have given me cable as a kid. I uh, just, I don't know. Ni- that's 90s trouble for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. We, I've asked my well, parents. that's for sure. I, I've asked my mom that, like, how come we were always broke? And she just tells me, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't know? You should have known, mom. <laughs> uh, no, she, she. I don't know. She always just says, blame your father. Like, that's that's her her comeback to, to everything. And I'm like, ah, I, don't, I can't blame him for anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. But yeah, so you thought that the world needed a Goosebumps podcast, and I thank you for that because it definitely does. Thank you. I think so. So far, so good. Yes, so far. It's been like five years. Wow, that's, that's, that's quite, quite a long time to be doing a Goosebumps podcast. And it's weird, too, that he's still cranking them out. Earl <laughs> Stein's still at it. I know, and we also were able to sort of be um, running when the movies came out the, the past few years. Yeah. So we got to at least go through those and got to, got to go to the premieres and all the above. It was a lot of fun. So it's like goosebumps is goosebumps will never die. No, nope, never will. But yeah. All right. So no. let's, let's get into this, into this episode. In this episode, we are doing uh welcome to camp nightmare parts one and two. This one originally came out on November 17th, 19, 19- 95 and i believe i was around 10 and i definitely remember this one from my childhood uh daniel do you got any memories oh i uh, with it with with this episode in particular yeah let, let's start with that with this episode in particular yes yeah um i was i was so thrilled when also when goosebumps became a, a, a live action tv show i just was I was so thrilled to see like how the the ultimate sort of twists would play out, and especially with with I mean spoiler alert, but not not quite. But but with Welcome to Camp Nightmare, there is sort of a last act crazy twist, and that was always my favorite part of watching the TV episodes was seeing how they would sort of reveal um, the R.L. Stein sort of spooky twists. And I believe this was the first two part episode. Um, that wasn't just a special, if I'm if I'm correct, I think so. Uh, so so the anticipation was anticipation was really high between <laughs> the first and second episode. My brother and I both watched them absolutely live as they were, you know, Saturday morning kind of vibe as they were airing. Yeah. And uh, this is the fir- this is the first camp one too. So uh, I thought they did a good job of adapting this. It was also the first time. There was kind of a, or one of the first times there was a full-blown sort of animatronic monster <laughs> that gets featured. Yes. So, uh, you know, who doesn't love that? So I, I, I remember all of those things in the moment, just wonder, waiting to see how it all, all kind of play out. And Saber, the character of Saber, became such sort of a, a joke a joke with my, my me and my brother. Yeah. Um, there's a moment, the episode that we'll get to when... Uh, Colin says, Saber's coming, Saber's hungry. And we used to 
my, my brother and I used to kind of chase each other, the kids around at youth group saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember there was like a church pageant once and we would sort of make that a joke. We would sort of run around the halls of the church and um, say, Saber's coming, Saber's hungry. <laughs> um, Bring in the goosebumps <laughs> to church. I know. Somebody had to. Yes. And it was us. Yes. Um, so, yeah, a bunch of little details that kind of still stick in my brain. Yeah, th- this one has a special place in my heart. It is the Halloween podcast listeners will will know because I mention this all the time, but I had this cassette tape, this VHS tape, where I would record so much Halloween stuff on it. I even labeled it uh, the Halloween is cool is is on it. Uh, I don't think I've ever shared a picture of it. I found it recently in one of the boxes from, <laughs> from the move. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I actually packed this thing <laughs> and it's still following me everywhere. Um, but this was one of the oh episodes. Gosh, I love that. <laughs> this is one of the episodes that was on that VHS tape. This one and the other one was uh, Return to, uh, oh no, the, the Return of the Mummy. Uh, those two yes. episodes were my favorites because those were the ones that I watched constantly. Uh, a struggle of the 90s is, of course, we didn't have things on demand. If you didn't record it on a VHS tape, you lost it forever, it. it seemed. Like, there, there was no, you were going to watch it again, because unless it was airing again, which I don't I don't remember them ever really doing until it went to syndication. Yeah, not often. So, yeah, once you missed it, it was gone. So, uh, I missed, and this one I don't think ever got a VHS release in the U.S., so... I don't think it did either. I think it was one of the one of the few. I think it was the only two part one that didn't. Yeah, and one of the um, notes I have that somewhere. Correctly. But yeah, it's it, it never came to VHS. So if I didn't have it recorded on my Halloween is Cool VHS tape, I probably wouldn't have loved this episode as much as I do now. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, this one. Like I don't know. I it's I think it's because the kid in me always wanted to go to camp, but like I said, my parents were sure. poor somehow, and they never sent camp. me to camp. <laughs> I never went to camp. I always wanted. So to. this was your camp experience. This was my one and only camp camp experience. <laughs> I thought it. You know, kids were gonna go missing. I was gonna have to have a montage of myself with a bat ready to go kick somebody's butt. But it never happened at the forbidden bunk. At the forbidden bunk, right. and Saber would be walking around. Uh, yeah, so it's one of those things that I never got to experience as a kid, and this one gave me more than enough experience. Oh, sure, you you were equipped. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll send my kids to camp one one year just so they can experience it, or maybe not. I, I did sure. watch this. I watched this episode with my son. And my son has, like, this weird, like, crazy sense of humor where he finds a lot of these things funny. Like, I find them funny now because I'm an adult. Like, this is not something that I'm supposed to be scared of. But he's only six or he's seven now. He just had a birthday. And he watches these things and he just, like, laughs. And he watches this. He watches Are You Afraid of the Dark? I have it on on iTunes, and he's linked to my account, so he'll sit there and just like watch them, and then he'll he'll make references to them, and I'm all like, "Hey, wait a minute, I know where that's from." Oh wow! <laughs> so he was watching this with me, and he, <laughs> he he was entertained, but he was laughing through most of it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, son, you're not really supposed to laugh at these things. You're supposed to like, I guess, be scared." But 
I don't know. If, if he has me as a father, he won't get scared of hardly anything. Yeah. M maybe it runs in the family. <laughs> I don't know. When I was a kid, I was definitely terrified <laughs> of everything. I thought I thought uh, Michael Jackson's thriller was the scariest thing in the world. Well, it, it was pretty scary. <laughs> it, it was. But, I, yeah, I never watched horror movies as a kid. So, I was a scaredy cat. Did this episode scare you? Did Welcome to Camp Nightmare scare you when you first saw it? At the time, I was out of my scared phase. I was already like 10 or 11. So as soon as I got into sure. middle school, I, I was done with with my, my everything scares me. So this one didn't really gotcha. scare me. It was more entertaining to me, probably because yeah. like I thought Uncle Al was a pretty cool adult. Uh, I didn't really uh -huh. have cool adults. I had my two parents, but I mean, they were, I, I don't know what to say about my parents, really. I love them both, but I mean, my childhood could have been better, <laughs> but I grew up in the 90s, so I had that, <laughs> that, I had that as, as my parents. But no, I mean, I found it more entertaining. How about you? Um, you know, I, I, I was not a scared kid. Uh, I really 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 loved everything halloweeny and spooky from my brother and i both since we were very very young so i was always looking for things to scare me um definitely not i was a little younger than you when we um when goosebumps was airing but uh you know it none of it ever scared me it just sort of excited me uh are you afraid of the dark sometimes would scare me which i loved so yeah. Uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare, and, and and truly most of the Goosebumps episodes don't really scare me very much, but I they fill me with joy. Like I get very excited by them. I think uh, the Haunted Mask, that very first episode uh, that you mentioned, yeah, I think that one is pretty scary. Um, but Welcome to Camp Nightmare, I could hang. Like not scared by it, but really, really, really loved it. You know. Um, yeah. No, I but always you. looking, I was always looking for whatever that next little scare was. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I like I never watched Are You Afraid of the Dark because it did scare me. <laughs> I thought Are You Afraid of the Dark was a lot scarier than Goosebumps, uh, and and to to its right, it was. I mean, kids were like dying in in Are yes. You Afraid of the Dark, and Goosebumps was more tame. I I always felt like uh, so they're they're both Canadian shows, but I always felt like. Uh, Goosebumps got Americanized when it came here because it was very tame uh, compared to right. uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? But we always yes. we always compare the two. But I always like to throw Erie, Indiana in there just <laughs> just because there's of course there's three of them that were the pinnacle of the '90s uh, anthology series and sure uh Erie, indiana was more of a staple show like it had its core group of characters that were doing all yeah, of the yeah, stuff right but uh well are you afraid of the dark sort of did but the main characters weren't really in the stories uh but those three right if, if you if you were a 90s kid and you loved horror one of those three had to have been your top shows Eerie Indiana would get a little scary. Sometimes would kind of get scary. Do you think so? I I rewatched some of the episodes, and I don't think I don't think any of them would have scared me as a kid. 
I remember. I don't remember anything spe- specific, but I, but I do remember. I think because Erie, Indiana was, it was was it slightly before Goosebumps. It, it's a Is little. Right? It's a little weird because I feel like it was. My memories always went like this: Are you afraid of the dark? Was first. Goosebumps was second. Erie, Indiana was third. Yes, because it was a. Uh, mm. uh, it was like a cash grab because goosebumps was doing good uh that's the way i remember it right the way it really is Erie, indiana i believe was the first series and uh are you you afraid of the dark came out next and then it was goosebumps i'm almost positive it was like that Erie, Erie, indiana i believe was in 91 i remember Erie, indiana being first and i was even younger then and it felt to me like uh episodes felt like bad dreams like they felt very weird and so i wasn't like scared for my life but it did leave me with sort of like this uncomfortable feeling of like oh i don't know what i just watched my little brain can't process this quite just yet you know <laughs> yeah so it it did have sort of like a weird dreamy quality about it because it was so odd <laughs> it was but, but I, I liked it yeah I, I have it here it's uh are you afraid of the dark was first that came out in 1990. Okay. And then Erie, Indiana All came right. out in 91. And then Goosebumps was, I believe, 95. Yeah, 95 was Goosebumps. Um, the way the way I remember it with Erie, Indiana being last, I think, yes. I think it's because uh, Fox did something where they brought it back. And they were playing the old episodes, but probably because nobody knew anything about Erie, Indiana when it first came out. Uh, so I think, let me see if I think there's something. Maybe they like re-aired them. Yeah, th- that's probably what it was because they saw the success of Goosebumps. I think it was, they tried to put it out before kids got interested in the whole horror you know, anthology stuff. Uh, Goosebumps was really the one that, that, pushed it and because uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark was already out there when Goosebumps came out but for whatever reason Goosebumps feels like the one that was carrying everything and when it did people started seeking Are You Afraid of the Dark they started seeking Air Indiana because they vaguely right. remembered it and they, they even they did a spinoff too I did not know that there was a spinoff of Erie Indiana alright so enough of all of that Erie Indiana 90s horror <laughs> <laughs> stuff we kind of went on a tangent but that's okay. Uh, so let's get to this episode because we have, oh, I at least have quite a bit to say about this episode. Good. All right. So I'll go ahead and get this episode started. So we the episode starts with a school bus is driving around. It's going all wild. And it comes to an abrupt halt. The, the bus driver gets off, doesn't say a word to anybody. He just gets off. He looks worried. He's looking around. And he starts taking the kid's stuff out of the bus starts tossing it on the ground the kids get off the bus which to me i'm thinking like if this was really happening why would you get off the bus it's mm. a good point not only why that like stretch their legs yeah why would everyone get off the bus i could understand like maybe one or two kid brave kids coming out and be like uh what's going on guy dude like why are we stopped here but no though everybody in the bus gets off which just seems weird to me <laughs> It is a little weird. 
Uh, so the kids, uh, they're asking about where the camp is, how come they're not at the camp, and there's a lot of bad acting going on. The main kid, Billy, he asks if there's a problem with the bus, what he can do to help, like this kid's really going to be able to help the bus driver with anything. He, like, assumes a leadership role pretty fast. Very fast. And I have that in my notes where it's, like, this whole thing is him taking leadership. Like, everyone else is incompetent except for Billy. Yeah, truly. Uh, Even this bus driver, because he just uh, throws everything. He gets back on the bus, and he has this really gnarly ponytail. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was pretty cool. Uh, he gets on the bus. He doesn't care. He, he doesn't say a word. He, like, drives right through the kids and gets the hell out of there. So uh, the kids start to worry about, you know, what's going on? Where's where's the camp? Like, I don't know. And a lot of bad acting going on more. So something explodes out in the woods, and it's Uncle Al. We get to see the, the leader of the camp. Now, one thing that I did notice about this is that he has, like, this flare gun. And we see the big explosion. And then he says, latest technology. (laughs) I I wrote that down, too. (laughs) He freaks him out every time. Latest in tech. I was like, it's just this tiny flare gun. Yeah, but can a flare gun shoot, like, a missile? (laughs) Because it looks like it shoots out a grenade or something. It's a pretty big explosion that sort of happens in the middle of the woods. Like, it's... It's it's not small. No, it's humongous. And uh, Sab- yeah, Saber comes out and he's like, or something uh, anonymous comes out of the woods. And Billy, of course, takes charge. And that's when Uncle Al shoots the latest technology. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, Uncle Al basically tells them they're, they're on their way they have a mile hike to get to to camp so they off they go and at one point the girls split from the boys and everyone's like oh the girls man of course i don't know if that's what you do at camp but that's what they did they and the camp seemed pretty far like like they're very far apart and even uncle al was like yep girls aren't part of this this camp for you guys see you later (laughs) and like they go off. Bye, Dawn. See you later, Dawn. Yeah. Bye, Dawn, the girl that he met. So uh, did you catch the rules of, of Camp Nightmare or Night oh, Moon? Yeah. Yes, uh, night, night, Camp Night Moon. Why, yes, I did. I can. I, we can go through those if you'd like. Let, let's Number go one, no, no, no leaving your bunks. Number one. Nope. Uh, when I Actually, now that I think about it, I did go to camp, but I went to fifth grade camp, which is run by the school. Um, oh. I don't know why that popped into my head when you said no leaving bunks because I think that was actually one of the rules <laughs> at oh. that camp. Wow did did you guys go to Camp Night Moon? Was that it? Oh no, I were went you to... separ- separated guys and girls. <laughs> no, actually, we were at the same camp, just not in the same bunk. We had right. there was like two different bunks, so having a whole other camp for girls is like weird it seems like you would pay double the electricity uh like everything would double because you have two different camps going on yeah who knows so and i mean that would i guess that leads us to the second rule which is the girls camp is out of bounds Mm -hmm. girls aren't a part of this camp no sorry they're at the other camp not 
Night Moon's for big guys, like Uncle Al sings later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, next rule. The next rule is lights out at nine, wake up at six. Okay. So I I think we actually did have that rule. Going to sleep at night at nine, waking up at six. Nine o'clock, wake up at six. And then last, well, the next rule is write home to your parents every day. And Uncle Al emphasizes every day. Um, that is one of the big rules. Make sure you write letters to your parents. Yeah, why, why do you think that is? I mean, no spoilers, really, because, I mean, this thing came out such a long time ago. If somebody's listening to this, they've probably already seen this episode. But, like, <laughs> we find out later that none of these letters are getting sent. So why would... Why would that be a rule? I I mean, Uncle Al says later it's to like combat the homesickness since right. you can't speak to your parents. It's like you always have your parents in your mind, I guess. I don't know if there's much. I think it's just like a, a creepy plot device hmm. that Arl, Arl Stein basically <laughs> just uses to make the camp scene extra weird or even like to make Billy the you know billy's character even more weirded out just some extra thing yeah um for him to sort of think that camp night moon is really camp nightmare kind of vibe um i I thought it would have been more or less like because we know this is supposed to be like a government facility so i think it might might have been like busy work for billy for him to like sit there oh sure and write while they go and plot whatever else they need to do to torture billy like Ah, maybe that's that's what I think, but I mean, I, I don't know what the real reason of having to do that. I don't know. Maybe I can get Uncle Al on the on an episode and ask him. Yeah, see, yes, see what he says. Yes, but they, I mean, but it's not just you know there are all there are all we see all of those letters later from the from the other campers, you know. So yeah. this and this government facility has gone all out with their with their set decoration and their props you know do you think that they're the same letters like somebody comes out later and picks them all up puts them back in the bin for the next kid or you think they just rewrite more no i i mean i would like to believe it's the exact same ones (laughs) and i bet there are like three letters that they just repeat over and over and over and over and over again (laughs) that's true let's just hope that billy doesn't catch on i know and he i mean he doesn't it's Mm -hmm. just just enough um and then I guess the last, only last rule is to stay away from the forbidden bunk. Yeah. Which, of don't course, the, if you tell somebody you tell somebody not to go, they're going to go. Oh, exactly. I'm, I mean, we know we know the forbidden bunk is going to come back into play later. It just has to. Yeah. It does. But, so those uh, are the rules. Yeah, those are the rules. And Uncle Al just says, hey, go to your bunks. See your counselors. And uh, so they get to the bunk. And then somebody, I don't know who, I I literally tried to look to see who had a boombox, but somebody starts playing, like, reggae rap. <laughs> I feel like it would have been Colin. Colin was, like, sort of, like, the cool, try to be, like, sort of the cool guy. He has, like, a bandana wrapped around his head and, like, a cool chain necklace. And I feel like he would have been the boombox guy. Who knows? <laughs> it seems like he could have. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're we're going too far deep. Let's let's kind of break down these characters really fast. We had uh, sure Colin, who was the uh, like the bad boy type deal. Uh, Billy, the main character. Uh, then we had Jay, who was um, Jay was I think it was a black kid. Jay, yes, he, Jay's kind of just like kind of a 
a nice guy, like a cool guy. Like there's no real outstanding characteristics for him necessarily. He's just sort of like in 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 there to have a good time and potentially tempt Billy to, you know, to break the rules every now and then. Right. And then uh, we have Mike who was like the scaredy cat. Yeah, he's like he seems like he's a little, maybe a little. He's not, maybe not, but maybe a little younger than the rest of the campers. Like yeah. scared, scared kind of guy needs to be sort of watched over. Very timid. Very timid. And then we had uh, uh, Roger. 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 Mm-hmm. The jokester. Roger the jokester who never really says jokes. He just kind of like <laughs> re- repeats things and then laughs. Yeah. It's it's. 90s gold right there 90s gold i I kept i kept i was watching this thinking like where are your jokes like where are the jokes (laughs) like like he he does this laugh and just repeats a phrase once or twice and then just laughs and i was like that's not really (laughs) as funny it's just later when he shows up he's like i'm in one piece (laughs) get it one piece piece. (laughs) it's like no is that funny like i i don't i don't think so but Nah, I, I don't think he would survive a night at the Apollo. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure he would have a great time regardless. <laughs> so those are the the main characters. Uh, those are the main campers. Then we have Uncle Al, of course, who's the the leader, and uh, Counselor Larry, who we're gonna meet right now because when they're at the when they're at the bunk, they're playing that music. Uh, they're all picking their their uh, their beds and. There's a little bit of commotion that all of a sudden you see there's a snake in Mike's bed. Yes. And it bites Mike, but we never really see it. We never actually really see the bite. We just see him holding his hand like, ah, oh, don't look. <laughs> they didn't and we pay see me enough. It. Right. <laughs> exactly. And we see a real snake. Like yeah. we do. We see a snake there and Billy like steps up and... It immediately it becomes leader and is like we have to get the snake out of here and and instructs Colin or somebody to help them help him wrap the snake up in the sheet and toss the sheet out the window right right and I think that's when Larry shows up good old Larry yes he comes barging through the door being a total jerk he's and... such a classic 90s jerk <laughs> even that hair <laughs> the hair the hair Parted down the middle. You guys know exactly what we're talking about. Yes. He wasn't the only one who had it. I think Mike had it as well. Actually, Billy had it too. Oh, yeah. Billy had it too. Yeah. I mean, actually, Billy and Larry's hair is not... I'm. It's 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 like... I mean, Larry's not very cool, but you know, Billy's supposed to be. But it's Billy's is more like, oh, I just swept it back and it just fell like this. Yes. And you, I believe that like Larry would like meticulously part it down the middle, and, and then he would it, he would put a hat on so it flatten because his flat hair looks out. very flat, very flat, very yes. flat. That's right. Stupid Larry. Oh, Larry. So being a total jerk, the first thing out of his mouth is, "Why did you guys throw that sheet out the window?" <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't care anything about Mike. They're telling him, there was a snake. Look, he's bitten. He's like, I don't care about that, man. Who threw that sheet out? That's what I care about. But he's. Yeah. And I, uh, Mike is like, like, I need to go see the nurse. And Larry is immediately so mean and so rude. And it's like, nurse, like, what do you think? This is a camp for wimps. We don't have a nurse here. Mm-mm. None at all. Which I think would be a crime. 
Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I think sure. so. Yeah. I'm, no way. Yeah, almost positive there. Um, so he like he's kind of says like, let me see if I can get a bandage for the baby kind of idea. <laughs> a bandage. And Billy's like, no, we need to get the poison out. Yeah. I'm like, well, you ha- first thing in snake bites is you need to identify the snake to see if you're going to need anything. And you guys just toss them out the window. So somebody's got to go out there and identify it to see if it's even venomous. Too late for that. No, because it's it's gone. I don't actually. Do we even know that it goes? I don't know what happens to the sheet. I don't think. I don't know. I think they just throw. They, I think they just toss the whole sheet out. Yeah, and there's no like going back to the sheet, and the snake's gone. Like no, I don't think there's any, no. We do have that reveal towards the end that it was a rubber snake. Yeah, um, but. But no, that snake on screen was 100% real. No, we, we, we saw that snake. I saw it slithering around. There's no way. There's no way. No. But uh, after Larry stops being a jerk, which I don't think he ever really stops, he tells them that there's a campfire at 1900 hours, which if you're not in, uh, don't know, military time, that is 7 p.m. And we know they got to go to bed at 9. So this gives them two hours of fire time. So we get to the to the campfire. They're doing terrible singing, and Uncle Oof. Larry is singing this horrendous song that reminds me of Camp Onawana. Oh from yeah, Silly shorts. It, it is kind of like that, huh? Yes. And okay, this is where I have a little bit of of a beef with this because we're like we're meant to believe that they're supposed to be there at seven because they mentioned it, and it's very dark. And it's during summer, because this is a summer camp. There is zero way that it would be that dark at 7 p.m. I have a I have an explanation for this. Go ahead. Um, I think Uncle Al has been singing for two hours by the <laughs> campfire. <laughs> and what we're actually seeing is hours later, Uncle Al still singing that song. That's what <laughs> I... That's my guess. Yeah, because... It kind of feels like this is the beginning of of the of the singing, like it, it, it kind of does. Like he's teaching everyone the song, so that if you're teaching somebody a song for them to sing later, like it's it's the beginning. And but they've already eaten because we see maybe that. yeah maybe they took a long time eating their hot dogs and marshmallows. Yeah, maybe. So even at nine though, when I I don't know where this is. I don't think we ever we ever find we, out. You know what? We don't know it. We don't even know what planet this is on, Kyle. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, even when I was living in California, and sometimes we didn't get dark until like nine. <laughs> yeah, that's when it started getting dark. So, I don't. I don't know. We'll never know. It's probably inside a facility somewhere. Government. It, it facility. probably is. It's it's all simulated. Yeah. So, but we see Mike in the corner, uh, leaning up against a tree, and Billy comes, gives him a hot dog, which I think it was just a bun because I don't remember. Seeing I know that. I didn't. I I only saw the bun, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see uh, any hot dog inside of it. But Uncle Al catches him and says, "Hey, what are you doing over there? You're supposed to be learning this song." Uh, Uncle Al seems more concerned than Larry did when he came up to Mike and saw that Mike was like. It looked like he had a cast on now. Yeah, it's like a more. It's a pretty significant bandage if it's just a bandage, but it's wrapped around his whole arm. Yeah, 
So I don't know what that's about. Maybe to hide the fact that I, we can't really like put venom in this kid because he's just an actor and we don't, we don't want his hand right, to yeah, really get swollen. Right, we can't actually see the bite, yeah. So we need to like wrap it good. Uh, one of the government guys. But right. uh, Uncle Al tells Mike that he's fine. He's seen hundreds of these bites and nothing to worry about. By, t- by the morning, everything will be gone. Everything will be gone. Everything. He emphasizes the everything will be gone. (laughs) (laughs) And Uncle L praises Billy as his number one camper because uh, even during singing time, he wanted to help his fellow bunkmates. Three cheers for Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know why they got me right now. It's so random, and it they is. they just they just all cheer for Billy three times, and then it's like cut to them walking in the woods, yeah. in the dark with flashlights. Yeah, total nineties. All right, so they're in the woods walking with flashlights, and something's stalking them. Like you can kind of see it ominously in the background. And we get like like throughout both of these episodes, we get this sort of like warbly kind of monster POV. Yeah. As if it's Saber that's like following them. That's but that tracks pretty much through both of the episodes. Yeah, something's out there. It is, but why does it matter to anybody other than Billy that something's like stalking them? It, it, I don't think it does. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why do I have to see that to create the fear? I guess something like that. Who knows? It's yeah. Who knows? To throw off, to make the to make the twist even twistier. Yeah, who knows? you really didn't see it coming. It's it's the government. Who knows what they're doing? It's, yeah, blame, we'll bring all these answers on the government. <laughs> the government testing yeah. facility. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, they go through the forbidden bunk. Uh, I forget who's like, hey, let's go check it out. And Billy, of course, is like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, Billy says definitely no. He holds his ground on that. Yeah. Um, or he says he'll, th- I think he says he'll think about it at first, but then it's like, nah, I don't think so, guys. No. So they get back to their bunks, sabers ominously floating around. And it's the next morning, finally. And Mike is gone. Not just gone. Mike, but everything is gone <laughs> in the morning. His All clothes, of Mike's stuff. His clothes are gone. There. Sheets are gone. I'm surprised that the bed was still there. Yeah, seriously, everything. The sheet is gone, even though that was gone a while ago. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they ever gave him another one. I don't know. No. We'll never know. I wonder. But yes, every, everything's gone. I wonder if Larry slept with them. You know, I, I don't think he did. He doesn't ever seem to be present at night. No, except for that one time where he, like, barges through the door, asks them what they're doing, and then leaves. Right. So I, there, I, it, I don't know. But he, he should have been around anyway. Like, Yeah. You, you, can't, know? you can't leave kids unattended all night. Like, there has yeah, to be an adult there. Especially on survival night. <laughs> Which I got a lot to say about later. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. So uh, no clothes, no nothing. Mike is just gone. Billy goes outside and he's like, Mike, you out here, buddy? Where are you at? And then he finds the bandage on the ground. Right. I don't know yes. what that was supposed to mean, but like the bandage is on the floor. I don't know. Maybe it's like a symbol that 
it's a it's that cold hard fact of yes mike was actually here we can't deny this yeah i mean it's we know this isn't real it's it's a test like that that's what it all leads up to so but what do you think is really going on if this was real what, what do you think would be going on with the campers would they like uncle al be feeding it to saber like is is that is that the whole ordeal with the saber type thing maybe i mean like it, it ends up being later it's like jay and and colin or something sort of allude to the fact that maybe the missing campers are in the forbidden bunk like they get like killed or die and get like locked away in the forbidden bunk and that's yeah. where they keep you know the accidents or something maybe it's that it is like sort of there's dual like what is going on because there is saber as well you know so it's yeah. like is it saber apparently if you stay off the trails it's fine like i mean stay on the trails it's fine yeah uh so who knows yeah i don't know it it just seems like they they have they have to try to be making billy think of something like cuz he's supposed to get, go off the trail that this is all just like one big test so it just it just feels weird. Like, what are they really trying to accomplish by making the campers go away? I th- I feel like it's maybe trying to make. It's not only the campers going away, but it's everybody's reaction to the campers going away. Like mm. uh, Larry and even Uncle Al and saying, you know, there's no these campers were never here. We have no record of these campers. In order to like test billy's sanity (laughs) billy can like hold true and say like no i know what i know and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that so that's the only thing i can think of there where it's trying to set up these things to 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 test to see if billy can stick to his guns if he can you know stick to what's right when when people around him are treating him like what he knows is facts aren't facts Hmm. yeah it could be it something like that yeah Sounded very uh, professional there. So, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Billy <laughs> runs into some creepy dude who I think... Uh, George. Is, George, yeah, that's his name. And George, I don't know what his role there was supposed to be. He kind of looked like he was supposed to be a janitor, maybe? Yeah. I mean, we find out later what George's, like, government role is. Um and but in this moment he's just a straight up creepy guy yeah. there's no i don't know if he's he's on the staff or what the deal is from from billy's perspective but he says that what he says that he larry sent him to tell the campers that they need to report to the lodge for breakfast yeah and this guy's creepy he is i mean he looks like I don't know what it is, but he just looks creepy. I think it might, uh, I don't know. He looks like Doctor Evil in a way. Yeah, he's bald with big old glasses, and the way they <laughs> shoot, like the way the shot is done, he's like right in front, right in the middle of frame of camera, like right there above sort of the fr- <laughs> the camera. So he's, yeah. you know, he's this perspective on his face is like these big glasses and this big nose, and you're just like, oh gosh, who is this guy? <laughs> So, yeah, they go to the lodge, and I noticed that, like, all of the regular campers are getting, like, this slop or whatever it is, and the counselors are all sitting down with their eggs and bacon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's that's a good detail. 
So the kids get slop and the counselors get good stuff. And we see the, one of the kids like reacting to the slop. Like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be. Like, it just kind of looks like a uh, like corn mill or something. You know what it made me think of? Do you remember that? I can't remember the name of this Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, but where they it's the episode where they make the, make the kids eat sponge. And like, it turns out they're, oh gosh, I should, I should have looked this up before I brought it up. There is a, there's an, are you afraid of the dark episode where it's like a boarding school or something. And they feed kids this sort of weird gray green sort of oatmeal kind of thing. That's called that they call sponge, and it turns out that underneath the school is this dragon egg creature, um, and the people that run the school are are lizard demons, basically. But um, hmm, I there be- is, I believe that one is called the Tale of the Hatching. Oh yes, that sounds right. That episode scared me. Yeah, it scared me. That episode scared me. It says something about uh, some d- dessert called sponge. There it is. Yeah, there's some sort of theme of of. Um, 90s kids things you know where you have to eat gross stuff at camp or at school yeah which I don't I, I don't I don't know I liked cafeteria food <laughs> yeah I didn't, it didn't really bother me but I mean now I'll eat anything really it's a, oh sure same it, same here put it in front of me and it's down the hatch it's all just fuel anyways so you'll take you'll take the slop is what you're saying if that's what i had i would go as far as eating the food that they eat in the matrix i would eat that you know i'm with you <laughs> whatever it is that goop i'll eat it whatever if that's all they got then that's all they got gotta eat yeah so they they get to the lodge they find larry larry uh gets asked about Where's Mike? Larry is, of course, being a jerk. Uh, tells him <laughs> he does the line that I like so much that he <laughs> says, uh, "Mike isn't here, so maybe he's somewhere else." <laughs> and let me tell you right now, my wife hates it when I tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you don't say it to her like Larry says it to Billy. Well, I, I do. I just like <laughs> I I say it. I I move the words around. To where, like, like if she says, where is so-and-so, I said, <laughs> I say, so-and-so is in here, so maybe they're somewhere else. And she, like, she gives me this stare. I don't think she gets it because she doesn't, she never watched Goosebumps as a kid. She was, um, she's, she doesn't find interest in a lot of these, like, anthology shows like I do. Yeah, um, she was a little bit older when a lot of these came out too. She's about six years older than me, so she would have been like in high school when all of this stuff was going out. And high schoolers wouldn't be caught dead watching this stuff. Listen, <laughs> I me. guess I guess I mean yeah. I mean I still watch it. So I, who knows, I did. But... I never I never said I did. I just you know I did it in my my own personal time. Of course, I was right there with you. Same with like the Power Rangers. I watched it sure. well into <laughs> into middle school. I don't blame you. Nope. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're still at the lodge, and Larry's being a jerk. So the kids go and sit down. Larry says that it's time to go play baseball. So they all go to the diamond. Uh, yes. This there's Arl uh, Stein loves loves him some baseball. My brother and I, my brother and I, all often talk about how if there's a go to sport and um. In a Goosen's book, 
time for some baseball or some softball. Um, and and my sort of like theater brain, I'm like, what? How do you play? What? Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, things go terribly wrong here. Yes. Uh, time to play some baseball. And then Colin gets hit in the head with one of the baseballs yeah. as they're playing. The, yeah, it's... It's weird because, like, something's going on. You can tell something's going on because for whatever reason, uh, there's a good throw that was, like, it wasn't a good throw. It was it was way off, and Uncle Al says it's a strike, and then Billy looks at him going, that was, that was nowhere near the strike zone. Like, I don't understand. So there, Yeah. <laughs> there is this, There is a little bit of weirdness right from the top, though, specifically with uncle al and billy because while billy is like up to bat he he asks uncle al about mike right yeah and uncle al is like oh don't make mountains out of molehills nothing to worry about and kind of deflects all the questions about mike like absolutely doesn't answer at all yeah and then kind of gets mad at billy because he doesn't want to get up to the plate right he's like get up there and then everyone's like come on what are you waiting for? Total Sandlot style. Yes, very much. Very much so. And so uh, before Billy, Colin was up. He hits it and he gets on base and Uncle Al calls him safe. And <laughs> Larry turns into like this big kid, throws his, his glove oh, on yeah. the ground and kicks <laughs> it. <laughs> such, a, such an idiot. It's a good moment. Yes. Uh, but then we get the whole... Billy debacle with Uncle Al and Billy knocks it out and gets two bases and in that moment Colin gets hit in the head which looked very intentional like if you saw both angles of Larry throwing the ball he clearly had like malice in his face oh for sure and we see like the helmet rolling on the ground with a (laughs) big old dent in it it's humongous. It is. It's hu- and like Colin. Colin should probably be maybe dead. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it's pretty severe. The thing that topped it was his sunglasses. Like fell to the ground, and one of the lenses pops out. His his like Oakley yes. glasses. That's what topped it right there. Oh yeah, he's knocked out cold, mm-hmm. and Bill, everybody runs up, and Billy's like, he may have a concussion. <laughs> Uncle Al's like, nope, he's fine. And this Just is the top it out. <laughs> this is the part that I thought was great because Billy, like he's supposed to be turning Colin and the way that the camera and the, uh, and the cut goes, you can see Colin flip himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be unconscious and he like flips himself uh, <laughs> as Billy's like flipping him over. It's so awkward looking. <laughs> uh, there were some things that I noticed right in that moment too, that I, ha- and I, again, I've seen this episode so- so many times Mm -hmm. and Colin eventually sort of like come comes to a little bit and he like sort of drunkenly slurringly starts what does he say he said like batter up he sort of like to no one (laughs) and I've never heard that before after seeing this episode so many times he just to no one while Uncle Al is speaking is like his eyes spinning clearly concussed (laughs) and just says to no one batter up (laughs) kind of an amazing moment uh, it's so out of left field. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh puns. Um, so Uncle Al basically just says, he's fine. 
Don't worry put about it. Put some ice on it. Yeah. <laughs> take, take them back to the bunk. Put some ice on it. And you guys get ready because tonight is a special night. It is survival night. And then he goes on to say, after he says that it's it's a special night, he goes on to say that every night <laughs> these kids have to sleep under the stars. So is it a special night or is it something that happens every night? Listen, uh, maybe it, maybe it's I know it's bunk four for the first night, so maybe it's a different bunk every night. But it it's it seems like constantly Uncle Al and and Larry and the counselors are telling Billy and his friends that they need to hurry off and go somewhere else. <laughs> like it's like you should be at the lake, and it's like I just got to the lodge. Like it's constantly saying like get ready for survival night, live off the land put set up your tents outside live off the land for one night just in front of the cabin like <laughs> it's not that far it's not it's like by the by the flagpole oh my gosh this episode uh okay so we get flash forward into survival night <laughs> roger and jay they're outside of the tent they're like sneaking around uh they tell billy if he wants to go check out the forbidden bunk Billy says no, someone's got to stay here with Cullen, but I think it's more or less because Billy is scared of the Forbidden Bunk. He doesn't want to deal with that. Uh, Billy starts hearing noises outside after the kids leave, so he goes out, and he's, like, wandering around. Jay comes flying up to him, like, bumbling this this stuff about Saber attacking Roger, tearing him into pieces. pieces. <laughs> into pieces, tons of pieces. And One piece. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> One piece. Yeah. So uh, he goes back in to grab Colin, uh, even though Jay's all like, no, just leave him. <laughs> Jay doesn't want to go back for Colin. Uh, and Colin, Colin is like wrapped up in a cocoon <laughs> of a sleeping bag and is clearly not okay. Like is mentally not there. And that's where, that's where he starts like, I don't know, getting some sort of premonition, some sort of telepathic, yeah. communication with saber where he just starts saying saber's coming saber's hungry yeah he's gonna kill them like, all and so they lug like jay, jay and billy like lug colin wrapped up in his little bur- burrito like into the cabin and they drop him at one point they do oh, man i don't think they pay colin enough to take those hits yeah, maybe maybe he'll get a raise after after this test. I know. I mean, look at that welt on the helmet. Like that's that's a hit that's, he had to take. That's sincere. <laughs> He's dedicated to the government cause. I guess so. So they go and uh, they they get to their bunk finally. They start hiding, and the doors fly open, and it is a to be continued. That's it. Yeah, and, and you know, end of, end of part one, end of the part one, and you know what? I think we're gonna have to cut it here because we're already an hour in. So, oh, we could, we just could go on and on. <laughs> we will do part two uh, on the next episode. So, as always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of it's a '90s Halloween countdown. Just want to make sure I give you guys some good nostalgic Halloween stuff this year. So me and Daniel, we we did our best to cover this one. So if you're a fan of the show and want to support us, you can do it a couple of different ways. The easiest is to just go to our Facebook page and start sharing all of these Halloween episodes that I'm going to be posting. Share them with your friends, put them on your walls, whatever it's called. Share it wherever you can. Uh, 
You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Believe me, those do help. You can also support the show by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thehalloweenpod. Help us with a monthly donation, and all of those donations go to help for hosting throughout the year. And so much other stuff, so many other bills that need to get paid here at the Halloween Podcast. Anything helps, and with a $10 monthly donation, you can become a The Halloween Podcast mega fan, which basically means that I will do a bonus show in your honor for everyone that is a fan of The Halloween Podcast. And just because I'm doing 31 shows does not mean that I don't have a bonus show, because today there will be a bonus show. I have a special Patreon bonus to Carol for being our latest patreon supporter so stay tuned for that if you have any questions comments or want to suggest anything for a future show go ahead and send those to the halloween podcast at gmail.com and if you want a sticker for the review just go ahead and take a screenshot of the review send it to me the halloween podcast gmail.com and uh, give me an address and i will get that out to you asap you can follow us on twitter at the halloween pod Thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for that bonus episode for our latest Patreon supporter. You guys have a good night.